happy March 1st. Golly, Lord, I know. We are going to blink, and it's going to be 4th of July. Christmas. If it's just, yeah, <laughs> it'll be Christmas again. That is the truth. Um, thank you for coming tonight. Hey, we just we love to see list. you. Um, we've had some kind of awesome weather and some storms, and we've had spring for like the last six weeks, I think. So. Um, un yes, unfortunately for the maple season. It's yeah, yeah. Yes. sorry, maple season month. Sorry. Hopefully, what is it, turkey season coming up next? <laughs> Maybe that'll be better. Is there a fishing season? I don't know. I'm the only woman. Can you, can you tap turkeys? <laughs> is there fishing Today's season? Cut to the, yeah. Is it? Yeah, March 1st, opening day. Uh-oh. Trout season? Sorry. Yeah. It was a miserable I'm day not a believer. in this <laughs> water, though. Did you? Oh, I was going to say, did you celebrate appropriately, Jeff, for no, the I opening? No, I was born country. Oh, well, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, You know how to celebrate. Well, I wonder Loretta wasn't that paycheck thing. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Well, we'll dive into the Bible study, yeah, we better, and, and it'll, be, it'll be all good from there. Um, if you've been with us, we have been going verse by verse through Romans chapter 12. Um, so we're going to start with that again tonight. We're going to be in Romans chapter 12, and now we are on to verse 15. So, so uh, this has been one of those um, verses that, as I dove into it, I really didn't like what I saw as far as quote, unquote, how well I've done in this respect. It's a very introspective verse. Uh, rejoice with them that rejoice and weep with them that weep. Uh, we look at that and say, sure, you bet. And then we want to move on because if you're not careful. Uh, <laughs> neither to see here. Yeah, neither one of these are very enjoyable to any of us because the one requires humility in the effect that we have to be happy for someone that may, in our estimation, may be doing better than we are or receiving more blessings than we are. The other requires humility to actually care and empathize with someone in their loss to the point that we are emotionally moved on their behalf. Any comments before we go further? Right on, bro. So the first exposes ungratefulness in our own situation. I want that. You know? Well, why did he get that? Mm -hmm. Or selfishness. Why isn't that happening to me? And that can eat you alive. Alive. Well, it robs you of the ability to rejoice with the ones that rejoice. Yeah. Kind yeah. of gets into that whole coveting, wanting what your neighbor you has. Better believe and it, yeah. And I've got to, here's the key to not coveting, okay? You can't have that one, but you can want one just like it, okay? Oh. But it's coveting oh. to want that one. Isn't that envy? I thought you were going to say something. Into envy, isn't you it? thought I was going to say something spiritual. spiritual. I thought you were going way deeper than that. But the, the Stayed problem, in the shallow end. Amen, amen. The, the problem is, is that I heard a preacher joke about that. Man, I took it. I thought, man, that's good. That's preacher good. said it. I can that's do that. Got to be true. Okay, so uh, a lack of love and esteem. They don't deserve that. Uh, judging, they're not going to properly use that. They can't be trusted with that type of a blessing. Materialism, that would make me more fulfilled. If I just had that, me and my um, buddy in college would always use that as a hyperbole joke. You know, we would say, uh, yeah, if I just had $1,000, everything would be solved. All of my problems would be solved. Oh, you in know. college, $1,000 would solve everything. I'm telling you. <laughs> my figure's much higher than after college. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <okay. laughs> yeah if I just had a million dollars. 
Oh, that was well, a lot of problems. And and we would we would joke about girlfriends that we never had in college. If we just had a girlfriend, all of our problems would be solved. And the reality is, is that every friend that we had that had a girlfriend had mega problems compared to what the problems that we had. Uh, that's Foundational a, problems. a solid piece of advice I give to yeah. high school students going into college is stay single. Stay don't single till you're done. Just it. don't. Don't, don't do worry it. about that part of life until you're out. Mm -hmm. I, I told Molly when she left to go to CBC, I said, babe, if you bring a son-in-law home, that's all well and good, but that is not why you're going to college. Bring a degree home. Please. <laughs> please bring a degree home. Um, competition. I must have that, and they cannot get ahead of me. Uh, it may expose depression or cause depression. I must truly be a loser. You know, if they're getting blessed like that and I'm not, I must truly be a loser. In significance, I can't provide like they can. Uh, you know, you feel, you feel bad for your family. You know, I, I can't. I, I wish I could provide for you, hun, or whatever, husband, because uh, I can't even provide as well as they can. Insecurity. I will never be as well off as they are, therefore not as happy. Uh, now, one of the things, when you find yourself in that situation... Dawn and I started doing this very early in our relationship because it, it really doesn't matter your social economic status. I dare say that Donald and Melania Trump can find someone better off than they are. Right. You know, some shake, you know, in the Middle East, the oil, you know, lord or whatever. Whoever the guy is that's paying Whoever these people the to protest. Is, that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, Soros. Uh, the point is, is would you trade places with them? Well, I've heard it said this way. If you could... If everybody in this room put all their problems in a hat and we just mixed it out and pulled out somebody else's problem, would we take that? We would have wanted our own. You better believe um, so. it. So uh, th that's what I got under rejoice with those who rejoice. What do you want to add to that? Well, quickly, somebody did text in, and yeah. this is true. They said it's it's easier to rejoice with someone that is healed. It's easier to do that than it is um, if they have a better <laughs> life than you or no you doubt. Know, healing. No No doubt. You were just just the pointing out that there these are emotional um, responses that were commanded or I guess command is the right word Re rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep so be be empathetic I guess is the is the word uh, with those who are in times of victory and with those who are in times of defeat <clears throat> I what I see in the verse that I covet from looking at reading the verses I, I covet the freedom to do that the, the right, spiritual amen. the spiritual freedom to amen you know I, to drop the baggage of everything that you listed there and and, and just rejoice with them it, that's a exercise of spiritual freedom and the same with uh, somebody who's in a you know in some terrible um, they just got some terrible news and mm -hmm. you can sit and cry with them with uh, reckless abandon um, so you can share in their lives, share in their sorrow, you know, the, the saying that um, blessings are doubled and sorrows are halved when you share them with other people. Mm. Um, just have the, the spiritual freedom to do that would be something to covet, something to strive for. And you made a statement there, drop the baggage. How does that happen? It's a choice. I, I, everything I'm feeling right now, I'm going to reject that, and I'm going to rejoice with you, because bottom line is, you just got blessed. Yeah. I love you, 
So that should make me happy. Yeah. Be content where the Lord has you at that moment. That's it. Just the contentment of the whole thing. That's the choice. That's yeah. your choice. Yeah. We, can, we can either be content or be <clears throat> riled up. I mean, right. going through what Loretta's gone through this past mm. week, you know, with the death of her stepmom, <laughs> we, just the things that, you know, they just to hear people talking, oh, I, if only if these were set a bunch. <laughs> and here's Loretta loading stuff up, and she's going, wow, right. I'm content with what I've got, and they can't be content with what they had. I mean, it's one of those situations. It just Amen. floored me. Mm. Some freedom in that, too. Amen. Well, a question I have for you is, who are you supposed to rejoice with? Rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. Is that just the people you like, just the people close to you? And I what? I think it's whoever in front of you. You know, uh, in college, um, when you are at a Bible college, at least CBC, and you are a preacher, you're, you're supposed to be spiritual. I mean, you're, you're right up there. You're right under the Trinity, you know, type thing. The reality is, is that you're as carnal as everybody else, and you're just struggling to make it. But they don't, they don't believe that, and they don't see that. And so a program was started, uh, E. Evangelism Explosion, EE, and uh, one of the churches in town. And it was successful. I mean, very successful. Every night they went out, somebody got saved. Well, they would come back to the college and they would, they'd be, I wasn't happy for them because it made me look bad. Who had I won in the last week? Mm-hmm. Nobody, you know, and that was a sin. But, but I, 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 think of, I think of that situation when I think of this verse. And, 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 you know, Tara, obviously, the people that you love, you're going to have more opportunities with them. The people that you do life with, you're going to have more opportunities. But, but certainly, I would think, uh, and, 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 you know, like in your case, uh, your workmates, uh, your, you know, the doctors and, and such, when something positive happens to them, in my humble opinion, that's your opportunity to practice this verse. Um, now, I will say this, that, you know, and, th- and we talk about this every week, this political climate that we're in, if I know someone doesn't believe or see, in my opinion, correctly, and I know that they are blessed, that, that's difficult. That, that is difficult. And then when something bad happens, that's a time for me to rejoice. <laughs> and, yeah, you know, as far as that's my struggle on occasion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think there's a fine line. I think Proverbs is pretty clear that, uh, when God sees righteous people celebrate when wicked folks right. are, are judged, he, he removes the judgment from the wicked folks. So he does not want us to take joy in the losses of wicked folks. Absolutely. There's something God doesn't trust us with. Amen. That's one of them. That, uh, that's his economy. That revenge is not one right. of the things he trusts That's exactly trusts right. With. At the same time, uh, you look at the Old Testament prophets, they... they they slaughtered with a vengeance, you know. So, so there, there is a fine line there. Um, you know, the, the weep with those that weep, this requires deep empathy. Uh, that results in true emotion. Sympathy is feeling bad for someone. Empathy is putting yourself in their place and as best you can experiencing their emotions as if it were your own. That, that's tough. Uh, and, and Gavin said it also, you know, setting down and allowing yourself. And I don't think we should ever manufacture tears. I don't believe we should fake it. But, you know, if someone's losing their loved one and you put yourself in that situation, the tears most likely are going to come. For sure, the somberness and, and the, the gravity of the situation. 
It requires time. It requires love. Sacrificial love esteems others better than yourself, a choice you are most likely never going to feel like it. It, it is a choice. You're, you're not going to feel like it. Ben, I had a little coach, and to sum up for what we're supposed to do for others, though, this, like Tara asked, he always said, with victory comes humility. You don't rub it in your opponent's face when Amen. you win. And with defeat comes rejoicing, because you rejoice for others. Even though they just, you know, because when you played boy, high school hockey, you know, you played the same. When I was a kid, it, was, it wasn't 25 teams playing hockey. We were six teams that we played. And so, in a played them a lot. 30, 40 game season, you played them a whole bunch. Right. And by the end of it, you knew each other very well. Right. And after playing from the time you were six till you were 18, you know, you rejoice in that opponent. And my coach said, if you can't do those two, you can't rejoice in, the, in your defeat and have humility in your victory, you're not on my team. Amen. He said, I don't want to see you out there. Man, where are those coaches today? Good. <laughs> I mean, but, but he, was, he was a philosophy teacher in high school. <laughs> But he, he just sat there and said, I love it. here's your philosophy, boys. This is what I want you to do. And it stuck with me that you know, as a Christian, I should have the same attitude. Yeah, that's a pretty good you know? application. Yep. It, it is. And, and it's, that's, uh, that's biblical yes. philosophy. You know, humility in your victory and what you say, rejoicing in your loss. Yep. Um, because somebody else won. Yeah. You know, uh, esteem others higher than yourself. I don't know who taught it. Was it my dad or my mom or my brother? But somebody, you know, convinced me to congratulate the other guy, even, even if he just beat me. Yeah. You know, good shot. Good, good hit. You well, know? Th that, that's what I was saying. When you skate off the ice, he says, I don't want to see my team skating off heads down. I want you going around acknowledging when you lose, acknowledging that handshake. Good game, you guys. You guys beat us this time. We'll get you next time. You know, be a sport, go, sportsman yeah. about it. Yeah, amen. So I kind of looked at this just in my place in life right now, how this applies to us, and um, I feel like we're so often like, I, I've got my family, and I'm trying to take care of this family, and, and it's so much work, and it's so much going on, and um, for me, this meant kind of be present with people, mm. just to be, be there, be present, um, know what's going on, be happy for them, be sad with them, um, just be there, period, and uh, I'm struggling with just reaching out to people and, and saying, I mean, just for lack of time, and I hate to say that, but the truth is that's what it spoke to me is I need to reach out more um, and make more contacts with people. Hey, I heard you had this going on. That's so awesome. I'm so happy for you. Or, you know, I, I heard you're struggling with, and just be there more. Uh, yeah. Yep. Were you the one that said where, wherever you are, be all there? Who, who is that? Somebody I, said, wherever you're you at, be. <laughs> what did you say? I heard you say that. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I thought be I heard you say there. Yeah, Be all there. You buy in. Uh, and and I, <clears throat> Tara, I think we all, to some level, struggle. And, and I, I've tried to tell the church, especially, you know, at the end of the church, meaning at the end of service, is honestly the worst time to try to get my attention. Simply because I'm trying to find folks that were there for the first time. I'm trying to touch them, if you will, connect with them. And I know unwittingly and unintentionally at times I have brushed people off. It's not intentional. And I've tried to One let people know. One of those conveyor belt handshakes where you pull the right, person yeah, through the yeah, line. Exactly. <laughs> and, and so I try to fight that. I, I do. In fact, now I try to tell people, I, let me catch this guy and then I'll come right back to you, you know, type thing. <clears throat> um, but anyway, uh, go ahead. No, well, I 
this whole chapter, each verse that we've gone through has been such very simple, basic, straightforward instructions of how, to me personally, to be a better Christian, to do it just a little better, to work mm -hmm. on this. And I mean, that was one of them for me is just to to really be there. And some people, it is so easy to rejoice with them. You just love it. Um, my sisters, my parents, you know, family, kids, yeah. their friends. It's so easy to be so happy, but it's for the other folks that you don't I'm, appreciate. Yeah, I the, be, yep, oh, yeah, yeah. I might miss that one. <laughs> you know, it, it's not always easy for everyone to rejoice with them, but um, you, again, but you're, it you're is required. You're thinking about the next place you got to be sometimes, and you see somebody that's struggling. It's tough to mm -hmm. stop. Amen. All right. Um, well, we're going to take a quick break, have some announcements. I really love the way that um, we did the, the men's had their little, they did the shooting range one night, and then they did it another night, and now it's officially named the men's shooting club. Something like that, I love that, it. Yeah. I love that. The Bethel, it's become something, new tradition. So the Bethel Men's Shooting Club is going to be meeting Thursday, March 16th. Um, adults only, it's at the gun shack in town, um, so you're also supporting a local business. It's only $10 per person, and it's from, it's just one hour, and um, I, what an opportunity to invite somebody to come do something that's fun, that you would enjoy as a group of men that maybe would have never stepped foot in this church, but hey, they'll come over and, and shoot some guns and you have a good time. So. And there's a ladies' night now, too. Oh, boy. I'm not 100% sure what the night is. I can probably get that before the end of the show, but go ahead. Oh, I'm boy. Sorry. Well, I might I might be interested in that, and if you're looking for a laugh, <laughs> come up and watch me. That'll be a, a riot. But um, anyway, so Thursday, March 16th, mark your calendars. And then this Saturday, um, it's the Camp Colorado's Rocky Mountain, the Estes Park vacation trip. So if you are planning on attending that, um, there is a deposit due, and they are meeting at St. Clair Burger King at um this Saturday at 10 a.m. So, can I add one more public service announcement? Please uh, do. Connie was making me aware that Stray Rescue has brought a bunch of dogs up from the Louisiana floods, and they are looking for fosters. If you need a contact, contact uh, Robert. He's got the number for Stray Rescue in St. Louis. 30 oh boy, it's a bunch. Mm -hmm. 40 on the lease. Mm. I get myself in trouble if I. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right. Um, so, do you have a? I'm just saying. This is the part where we. Just kind of say what's on our mind for the week. Well, uh, mine's just where I'm at right now. I'm just saying there ought to be an unwritten rule on how many projects you can have going at once. Uh -oh. And once you hit that number, you got to stop till you get some of them off your plate. Got to finish that, wow. something. Time to get counseling. Fini that's right. Finish something. <laughs> just something. <laughs> uh, mine's I, I thank you, Jesus, for an American president again. That's I'm just saying. Uh, I listened to the. Um, I heard Ronald Reagan Stayed came back the from joint. the dead last night. Yes, yes, and that's why I know I'm getting older when you... Yes. Channeled into Donald Trump, that's what it, I heard. It was great I didn't to get hear. to hear the I speech. didn't feel like we were losing our country uh, for the first time in a long time. I'm good. Well, I'm just saying, this is the earliest in my life I can remember encountering ticks and mosquitoes. Ugh. Yikes. Already? Real, anybody else? No, not it's yet. Just, it's just, yeah. just me and Sadie? Okay. And, and please, God bless them. <laughs> May their tribe increase. Oh, boy. The yeah. All right. So um, for our next segment, we are going to talk about revival. And um, starting with, what is revival? So revival, simply put, is uh, someone being revived. Vive means to be alive. 
And so you, you come back to life. Uh, you, you don't need to be vived. You need to be revived. And so uh, in a spiritual sense, obviously, it is a, a group of God's children coming back to a place of wholeness, uh, renewal, or whatever you want to call it along those lines. Second Chronicles 7.14 you know, is revival. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves, seek my face, pray, turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and heal their land. That is revival in a verse. Uh, I heard a guy, Richard Land, preach a sermon, and he, the points were, remember what it was like when it was right, realize when it's not that way any longer, and return to the old ways. Good stuff. Uh, Acts 3, 19, 20, Repent ye therefore and turn again, that your sins may be blotted out, that so there may come seasons of refreshing from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send the Christ who hath been appointed for you, even Jesus. Um, so, you know, essentially, uh, you've got to break it down if you want to really grasp and understand revival. Uh, you, there is no community and, if you will, collective revival without there first being personal revival. Uh, I think it was Jerry Jolly that said that if you want revival, if you want to see revival, then get alone with just you and the Lord, put a circle around your feet and say, Lord, revive everybody in this circle. You know, So personal uh, revival starts here. Uh, true repentance, daily living out the Spirit's direction. Church, individual members experiencing revival. Community, uh, individual churches experiencing revival. Regional, individual communities experiencing revival. And so that's how it grows. It goes from the person to the church to the community to the region. Comments? Well, uh, I just went to the couple of the Old Testament examples of it when Josiah, um, and, and I, I think the United States is, is right, ripe, maybe that's the R word, ripe, ripe for r revival when a people becomes hungry for, um, one, they're hurting, two, they're seeking God's will or God or seeking purpose in their life. They may not even realize yet that it's, that God has it for them, um, hungry for truth, mm -hmm. uh, hungry for rightness, for goodness. They've had enough of, of sin, of evil, of, of pursuing their own ways. And when God's word meets that point in a culture, in a culture's uh, crisis, uh, I think revival comes. That's what happened in Josiah's time. He had sent the... Um, I can't remember who he sent to the temple, but he said, go to the temple, make sure that the monies that have been received are being used to, to rebuild or, or repair God's house. They went, and while they were there, the priest said, hey, look, we found this book. <laughs> I'm not sure what it is. I mean, that, that's a sad state of affairs for God's people to not know what Man. God's word is. Um, but they said, they took the book back to Josiah, and he said, look what we found. They read it. Josiah tore his clothes and said, God's wrath is coming, and revival broke out across the country. He, he started tearing down um, altars, places of uh, Baal worship. He, he just really started a revival in the, in the country. I, I think that's where it starts with us, too. We, we have a hunger inside that we start to acknowledge is not going to be filled by anything here on earth or fleshly or physical. There's something inside that we need a satisfied or healed and it's not coming from anything physical. 
And then you start to look at the supernatural and come to God's house, and that's what started it for them. And you, after the reading of God's word, Jos Josiah read it to the people then, and then they wept. And then repentance is the natural uh, response to hearing God's word if you're not in God's will and not in his way. And then the dominoes start to fall. Um, we've got to acknowledge that some of the things that we're doing and teaching in the United States are not just ill-advised, they're out-and-out out harmful. And the word evil comes from the word harm. Um, people go, you can't say evil, you can't say evil. Well, if you translate the word evil in the Old Testament, it means harm. When we teach things that are harmful to young people about sexuality, that's going to bear fruit down the, down the road, and it's going to bring harm to them, and it's going to leave them in a, a state of confusion and what is my life about. This certainly didn't bring the satisfaction that I thought it was going to be. We, we've got to break into the process of teaching kids and start saying it's okay to talk about good and bad morality in school. I'm, you know, <laughs> however that comes, it's got to come. You can't teach a kid physics, science, biology, and have them be an A student and not teach them good and evil. They, they get mixed up in drugs and they ruin everything that they've learned. They've, they've thrown their whole education. They get involved in illicit sexual activity. They spend the, the next five years taking care of a child or recovering from an abortion, the, the emotional trauma of abortion, which they may never get over. You can't, you can't give them an A-plus education without morality being involved there. Um, you can't subtract it from morality, from education. You can't subtract it from any area of life. So um, we, we've got to start teaching kids this. Um, I'm going to put a plug in here. <clears throat> the, the, this is a Frank Turek, another one of my spiritual mentors, heroes. And this is his latest book, Stealing from God. And philosophically, in, in the area of reason and knowledge, the case for atheism is collapsing. The, we, I've said before the case for, for uh, evolution is collapsing, and I still hold to that. And, it, and there's just a few, I guess, very well-placed uh, people who are saying evolution, 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 and teaching that in college and in uh, elementary school. But now the case for atheism is collapsing, and, and this, this book is just another, I guess, nail in the coffin of that. We, we've got to start teaching our kids that, one, that God exists, first and foremost, that this world has a creator, that there are natural things that flow from being created. <laughs> reason is one of them. If chance and time were how, the reason we're here, reason doesn't fit. Um, the, the laws of logic don't fit. The, the, the way that we go about discovering uh, science the way, and discoveries in medicine are all based upon the, the fact that we were created by an intelligent being. And intelligent, from intelligence flows intelligence. You can't say that we came by chance and time and then throw in reason and logic uh, we've discovered these things. It just simply doesn't make sense. So, so long, long story short, you can't teach kids anything about education without couching it in some, some moral foundation, without setting on some moral foundation. And 
And we're yeah. not going to ever get to that without revival. Amen. Uh, the public we're school. We're going to find that God is the answer. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that, that's it. Public school, as <clears throat> our system is set right now, will not allow us to teach what we're supposed to teach unless this nation has revival. Uh, and you could even argue that they they can't. They just simply can't. Uh, that's why the whole the whole system has to be changed. Now, hopefully, we can do that without bloodshed. Revival would do that. Revival would do that. Uh, but without we revival, we can make the case very simply by looking at the edu- the state of kids in education right now. Yeah, yeah. I think from I the think sixties ed- to now, educators, teachers. Uh, administrators, you could e- easily say, look at the state of our community right now. I'm not, it's not the school's fault. It is not the school's Absolutely. fault. But it's the school where you can see it. It's the, the cross-section of our community that Correct. you can see it in school. Um, the, the, it's the collapse of our families that has brought about where we're at. But to go into a school and s- watch what teachers go through for a day they see it firsthand. They're like the front lines of what's happening in our culture. They see broken homes, kids living with their grandparents, kids living with their aunts or their uncles. Or um, on their own. Right. There's, there's and allegedly and eight, a parent graders. in there somewhere. Um, Revival. Well, just when I was listening to Gavin talk, I was just thinking about with Leo. She was, we were sitting there this weekend and we were talking about it. And she even pointed out, she said, Dad, she said, we have to have revival for our schools to succeed because where she's at, I mean, this is a basically a wheat, it's a lower end, lower, lower end Oklahoma community. She says, there is no more. See, these kids are coming to school and the only moral guideline they have is the video games they play. Mm. She said, there has to be a revival. And I said, well, and I told her, so honey, I said, a revival starts with one and that's you. That's right. I said, you put forth your godly foot. Now you are limited what you can do being a teacher. Right. But you that's, put that, but you put that godly toe. They can't. I said you put that godly toe on the line, right. if not over a little bit, Amen. and you and you just let them know this is where I stand. And you know, Leah, she's not gonna back down from a whole lot. And she she told the other day, she told uh the principal, you know, she was saying something and the principal said, Well, we can't take the Christian approach and Leah says, Stop me. And the principal said, have a nice day. And walked out because she didn't want to They said, stop me. And she just kept on Amen. trucking. She says, she says, this little girl needs to know about God. And if I can't do it, I'm going to at least get her pointed in the right direction. Amen. And when I say they can't, I don't mean by that they can't do exactly what Lee is doing. I, that's exactly what has to happen. I'm saying that they do not have, quote, unquote, the authority See, no. to do it. And that is why we need revival so that we can sooner or later get into those congress halls and legislatures and change that you know um, but how's that revival go because when you're talking about this i started thinking when i was talking to Lee about this if you go and look at the christian teachers and the christian administrators and the christian politicians where does it who holds us back besides satan himself i mean that's there's got to be a way for for the for the for the Christians to take that lead again, I don't. I, I don't know what the answer is, but yeah. I'm, I'm kind of asking that. What, I think how there does that is a lot of fear. That there is a fear lot of, of fear. retribution. Yes, f- okay. fear of loss of job, financial yeah. ruin, financial yeah. ruin. That's exactly right. Um, and and so, but it's going to take the Leas and and the uh, well, you know, all so, of the so people that that are in our everybody position. on the front line. Yeah, that's uh, right. You, you to, can't to say. see it day in day out and not know that there's right. a problem. Amen.
Um, hallelujah. Well, so I'm trying to think. There was something I was going to You got a word on revival? Well, I was going to more ask, like, how do we get feet to this? Like, what the application? How do we get there? What do we do individually as a church, as a community? Um, I One example, there's a church in Washington um, where I've got to know one of the women, and they had a tremendous revival in their church, and they went from a very, very small church to it doubled, it doubled, it doubled, and it just became a huge church. And she said, the truth is that it started with about two two or three women that said, we just need to get in the Word. We need to just have solid Bible study. And those women became more, and it, I don't want to just say it was the women, sure, but sure. I, this is you know coming from, from the women, person I spoke with. Teenagers, and it started with just really nitty gritty, just getting in the Word and praying. And their church from that and the outtake from just their personal commitment to knowing what the Bible says and applying it to their lives, their church went through a explosive revival. They built a new church, huge, and had several services, and it's just thriving. And I asked her, how did you go from like 50 to like 500? And she said, it was just the commitment of a few people that became more people that became more people that became more people. Um, Boy, wouldn't that be great to happen in every church on the block around here. Well, amen. And, and And that's the thing. It needs to happen in every church, but we can't control any other no, church. No, you're can right. Control we can't church. control other people in this church. That's it. That's it. It, it, it starts with you. It starts with me, um, and, and that's the question I would ask. Are, are you, whoever you are, are you personally praying and asking for revival daily right now? Are you willing for it to start with you? Then are you doing anything intentional to see that it does? Well, and when Gavin said they brought the book and he's like, oh, my gosh, they don't even know God's word. We're going to be judged. And I'm like, hello, that's we're doing that now. Amen. (laughs) We're there. Amen. Uh, Amen. The uh, revival is the key. Revival is our greatest need as a nation. Uh, There's no problem that we have right now that revival won't fix uh, or lead us to the fix. You know, this has been my burden for absolutely 30 years now 40 years man man well on uh, june the no july the i gotta remember july the 20th 1985 i surrendered to preach with the burden of revival so i i we, every one of us feel it every one of us see it and and it's it's important you know brother gavin has been led so much so to to write a book about that specific need in our nation. And so each one of us are going to find our niche. It might be writing a book. It might be starting a group. It might be uh, bringing the uh, focus in your Sunday school class. Let's be part of the solution, not part of the problem. Well, that book we're going through Sunday nights, unanswered. That book is stuff. That book is hitting it Just hard. Start on that. To Just It's hitting it hard on that subject right there that, you know. That the... One of the areas that I feel is, is extremely important to me is answering tough questions. There it is. Man. Answering tough questions. Don't let your kids go without an answer. If you don't have the answer for them, find somebody that can get the answer to you. And Frank Turk is, is one of the guys that can get uh, the answer to you. Or um, Jeremiah Johnson. Johnson. Jeremiah Johnson, the um, 
Creations Museum. Uh, Ken Ham. Ken, Ken yeah. Ham. Answers in Genesis. Excellent resources. Excellent resources. All right. Somebody texted in a reminder the God's Not Dead 2 movie is about taking on um, a teacher <coughs> standing on her faith and, and taking on the problem. Love, There's another one coming out. Movie. The Case for the Creator is becoming yes. a movie, too. So that's another excellent sort resource for people. All right, so another quick break for uh, some advertisement here. There is so much going on. Always love that. Um, so Dare to Share is actually coming up this month pretty quickly here. It's March 17th to 18th. So if you have a 6th, 12th grade student at home and they would like to go to this conference, um, I believe it is the last year that they're going to do Dare to Share, and then there's something um, different on the horizon, but if you want your child to attend, that is March 17th and 18th. The deadline to sign up will be March 5th, so that's this week. And speaking of revival, if you want your kids to get under the spout where the glory comes out, winning their friends to Christ is how to do it, and Dare to Share teaches them. Very Head good. on. And just some things to be thinking ahead to and praying for. The Easter walk is, if you have not marked your calendars, it's April 7th through 9th. Uh, so be praying for that. Be, we were hoping to have David Mills um, speak with us maybe in the coming weeks. Um, but if you've never participated or if you want um, just more information about we that, you can you. always talk to David. Um, Bethel Homecoming will be coming up May 21st, and, you know, it's not too soon. Like we said, we're going to blink, and it's going to be 4th of mm -hmm. July. Um, you can already start praying for Vacation Bible School in June and Jesus Camp in July. So yeah. that's a lot. Um, yeah, it's going to be here. We're just going to blink. Um, so this is one of my favorites because I just think about it constantly. It's I know I'm getting older because. <laughs> you shouldn't think about constantly. <laughs> Think about it a lot. I know I'm getting older because I found that I listen to talk radio more than I do music oh, <laughs> on the radio when I'm insanity. in my car. You're and I was like, oh, my gosh, I have become my dad. I'm there. <laughs> I can remember sitting in the back seat like, Dad, can we just listen to some music? And, you know, like it was Paul Harvey and now the rest of the story. And, you know, and then it just went on and on and Good on. That's day. all he listened to. And that's where I'm at. Can't help it. I'm a talk radio honk. I, my kids hate it when I'm in the car because that's what I want to listen They're to. They're going to get a little speech too, or a little, little, uh, when something's said oh, on the radio. you better believe get, it. I'll turn it. the radio off and just <laughs> rant for 30 minutes, you bet. <laughs> now so, you're getting a sermon, kids. That's you're welcome. Right. This one's that's free. Right. <laughs> I know I'm getting older because a 12-hour drive was nothing when I was younger, and now it's a non-negotiable without help. And a four-hour stint without a potty <clears throat> break is messy. <laughs> oh, my oh, gosh. Tell you. Really? It's bad. TMI. That's TMI. what a lot of our road trips are like with the toddler. I'm, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm there. <laughs> I don't Lord know why 12-hour trips were easy. Uh, they're still not easy. <laughs> From like 4 to 40. Mm -hmm. and then yeah. 40 is, is well, I, I can remember, I mean, college, I was an itinerant preacher, so... I would drive to Tulsa, I'd drive to Oklahoma. Oh, yeah, drive overnight. Oh, loved sure. it, loved it. Uh, it. Looked for the opportunity. In fact, thought I might just do that for a living. Hmm. Drive all over the... <laughs> no way. <laughs> Get that. Driving through the night. That. Do you really? Uh, Loretta says it's the best thing in the world, the way I love to drive, because I turn off the radio, she falls asleep, and I just go... Yeah, can I just confess, I actually that. do love to drive on a road trip. I like to drive. I like to be the driver. I like to drive through the night. Yep. And everybody's asleep, put in a little iPod. Used to. And just, I, I, I mean, four hours know. later and, you know. That's my, I sat there and I guess the last time I did a long haul, I drove from 13 hours from St. Louis to South Carolina <laughs> without stopping. And finally, Loretta says, 
how big is your bladder? <laughs> you have to stop sorry. So honey, I stopped for yeah, gas long and I didn't even go inside. I just plugged it in and ran. She goes, yeah. my goodness, how do you do that? But it's Olympic just uh, I love it. I like your style. I like I, and there's no there's no noise. It's just me in the car. I mean, that's go. I would be out. And oh, yeah. I can't sleep in a car. So that's why I'm always like, I'll drive. <laughs> I know I'm getting older because I was explaining first about an eyewitness account of Ronald Reagan's speech. After <laughs> that. Yeah. I'm getting older. Yes, to another are. guy that was, we we're comparing Trump and Reagan last. Who's last Reagan? Week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, knew I, was, I knew I was getting older when I sat there this past day, weekend and I was watching my, uh, my, my children. You know, you always keep them in that young state. And also, I was watching all my nieces and nephews who are all now in their 20s, and all of a sudden, starting to push 30, just going, "What happened to mm -hmm. the time? Mm -hmm. And who are these people anyway? Because I don't right, remember right. them. <laughs> you know, what did they grow up? And that's like, oh, I'm getting older. I get those moments, I get butterflies in my stomach. Holy smoke! 20 years, 20 years went by. Yep. Without. Well, we were sitting there so funny because they were sitting there talking, and somebody turned around and said, "said." Who are these kids? They're not our kids because our right. kids, our kids are still playing in the mud in the backyard. That's I said right. they're our kids, guys, and we're old. And then I turned around, half of the kids are playing a card game, and all the adults are on their phone. <laughs> wow! I was like, oh, well, wow. that role reversal yeah. happens yeah. quick. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't have admitted that. You know. I wasn't. I don't. <laughs> no. All right. So for our third topic, I'm actually been going to let you kind of introduce this because I think the rest of us are still a little confused, but. Um, you so have a topic we, we found ourselves needing a third topic once we <laughs> discovered that Brother uh, David was out of town. And so uh, I just volunteered for us to discuss uh, this renewal retreat that we're having. L l let me try to make it as, as painless as, and quick as possible. Uh, for 19 years, I believe we needed to do this as an association. Speaking of revival. Yeah, sounds a lot like revival. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Because uh, the Merrimack Association... Uh, some 24 churches 19 years ago, it's 20 churches now, will soon be 19, will soon be 18, will soon be 17 type thing. And we're losing churches every year to death. The churches are running out of people. They're getting, they're dying, uh, meaning the members are so old, they're dying. And the churches are having to close their doors. We've got about 10 to 12 of those 20 churches left that are actually, to some level, growing. So we're in a mess. And then when you go to the state association, same deal. Really, honestly, statistically worse because there's more churches there. But you could statistically probably prove that there are more churches that are 30 and under in the state association of some 48 churches than there are anything else. That's a sad state of affairs. And this isn't churches of 30 that were planted five years ago. This is churches of 30 that were planted 100 to 150 years ago, and they're dying. And there does not seem to be urgency. You know, I, I'm, I'm, trust me when I tell you <laughs> that I could give you personal antidotes, if I'm saying that right, that would bring you to tears of the lack of urgency of the pastors, if you will, of seeing the need you know, uh, they're, they're basically looking at the grave site of the church, and there doesn't seem to be 
any urgency. What was uh, your story about the dog? If you saw a dog on the side of the road, and yeah, that yeah, was really good. Yeah. I, so this comes from Brother uh, Jesse Thomas at school, Central Baptist College, and he said, <laughs> "I wish I had the time to tell it to you the way Brother Jesse did, but he spoke so slow." Uh, he said, boys, if you see a dog on the side of the road and that dog's not moving uh, and you pass him and he doesn't move, you can, you know, he, he's probably dead. Three days later, you go by and that dog has not moved in the same position and starting to smell a little bit and the such. That dog's probably dead. Two weeks later, that dog is still there, but now he's bloated, uh, obvious signs of, you know, heat and such. It's ugly. It's nasty. That dog's dead. That dog's dead. And he said, if you see a church that has not baptized anybody in a year or two, and they don't have anybody checking them out, uh, they don't have any ministries going on in their church, that church might be dead. Three years later, they still don't, they're not baptizing anybody. They don't have any ministries going on. Now there's a little bit of infighting. There's a little bit of, you know, maybe a few folks have left. That, that church might be dead. Seven years later, it's obvious signs of, of bloating and, and that church is dying. The church is dead. And, and, and so, you know, you, we won't be talking about that at the renewal. <laughs> Don't bring that up. Yeah. <laughs> right. But I need you to pray. So what I want to do is I want to throw out the 11. That wouldn't be an encouragement. It would not be an encouragement. <laughs> I want to throw out to you the 11 elements that we're going to be talking about. I'm begging you, the 10th and the 11th, to pray for myself, your pastor, if you will, um, as we lead this. And uh, the 17th and 18th is for the state association. So on the 10th and 11th, that's next, not this, Jeff Watson, next Friday and Saturday. Uh, at the Merrimack Retreat Center for the Merrimack Association, and then the 17th and 18th at the Garwood uh, Camp for the State Association. Um, so uh, let me let me get to my elements here. Is that one? Yeah. So the first thing we're going to do is just share uh, ministry loads. We're going to have all of the pastors basically introduce themselves because not everybody knows everybody. Uh, there will be one or two new pastors there. So the, the first time will just be us at each pastor will have 10 minutes to share about him, uh, and then he will have an uh, opportunity to share about the ministry. Um, you know what? I think I'm on the wrong. No, I'm not. Okay. Uh, number two, our first comments on that. You got any comments on uh, the, the first is just kind of an icebreaker. Mm, we'll get to know you. There yeah. you go. Number try, two. Try not to embarrass us. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Terry. Amen. <laughs> okay, Mom. Up. I'll have clean underwear on, I promise. All right. Oh, no. Number two, healing possible fractures between pastors and churches. We're just going to kind of stir up the chicken's nest right at the start. We're going to, if we've got ten pastors there, we're going to have five chairs pointing this way, five chairs pointing back towards the other chairs. And, like, let's just take John Dover and I. Me and John are going to sit facing each other, and I'm gonna, we're going to have ten minutes, and I'm going to say, John, are we Okay. Have I done anything to defend you in the last year? You know, and then and then he's going to do the same. Are we okay? Have I done anything to defend you in the last year? And get those things worked out. After ten minutes, we're going to switch chairs. Now John will be facing Rich, Jeff Richards. I'll be facing Mike Hurst. You know, whoever. And we're going to try to heal. It has to be an element of revival. It has, it to, has be to be getting right with each other. It, it has, has to, be. to be an element of revival. And and, and I'll just tell you now. Uh, one of the elements later will be. So how do we make sure that we never have to do this again? 
can we all agree to practice Matthew chapter 18 that when I do offend you next church camp, you won't wait till we have a, a renewal uh, retreat. You will come to me and say, Brother Ben, that, that hurt me. Can we talk about that type thing? Um, I, we heard through the grapevine that a church quit coming to camp because of something I said as the music leader at church camp. Silly. Silly. Absolutely silly. If he would have just come to me, I could have, first of all, explained to him that how he took that was not at all how I meant that uh, type thing. But anyway, uh, it's dead and gone. The fellow's gone, so hallelujah. Uh, number three, look for, uh, no, let me, so we're going to then uh, address the difficulty of connectedness. We're not spending enough time together as pastors. We don't have time to go hang out, so I'm hoping for a Skyping situation uh, or a texting situation, uh, something uh, to, to get us more connected on each other. I would love at least once a month to go to the office and pull up our Skype thing, and let's just go through it. Okay, Brother Hurst had to go at Westview yesterday. You know, okay, Brother John Dover had to go at Friendship yesterday, so on and so forth. We just get caught up, you know, uh, and then move on. Comments or questions? How many churches are you expecting at the at, at the retreat, at about the 12. About 12? About 12. That's one a month, brother, that you could take time out and say, I'm going to meet this pastor this month, this month, and then sure. do a continual yearly thing with one sure. pastor each month. And that doing it once a month, you're still going to renew that thing, especially for the churches who aren't coming out to the camp and stuff anymore. You right. know, get get Because Skype and everything's great. You know how I am about technology. Technology, sure. It's there, but still the nose and nose face-to-face. Right. Sit down and have oh, a cup of coffee and talk is the best way to do anything. Amen. Uh, number four, the fourth element, uh, buy-in. Now, th- th- to me, this is the most important one uh, because uh, if number two goes well, uh, us forgiving one another, um, w- now we need to talk about core values. W- what are our core beliefs? Now, this is key. Guys, we're not going to go there and talk about our individual churches, or at least I don't want to. This isn't for us to figure out how can Bethel do better. This isn't for us to figure out how can First Baptist Bourbon do better. This is for us to figure out how can our association help our churches as a whole. That's what it's about. So what are our core beliefs? Uh, This is from an association point of view. Uh, What are our core beliefs that will allow us as we practice them to assist our churches to carry out their core beliefs? Uh, Comments on that. And I've got a lot under this, but I'm going to zip through it here to number five. Um, You've got four minutes. Yes, sir, says Gavin Hooks. <laughs> <laughs> they'll, they'll be at the door here. Sit I'm back messing in the with you. <laughs> Non-negotiables. Non-negotiables. You see, the ma- <laughs> I just got that. It's just the guy who just spoke for 15 minutes on one topic. Yeah. Says. <laughs> you got four minutes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we, the main purpose of our association as a whole is to help our churches do what they're called to do, plant other churches. Hasn't happened in the state or the Merrimack Association in 20 years. Wow. We have not planted successfully a church in 20, 20 years. years. Wow. It's a big deal. So one of the reasons is, is that when we get together to decide, we've got all sorts of non-negotiables that we trip over, you know, uh, are they going to be King James only? We trip over that. Are they going to have Baptist in their name? We trip over that. Have they ever been married before? We trip over that. So on and so forth. Now, some of those things need to be tripped over. Okay? But that's what this time is for, to get 
you know, these are the things that we're not willing, because this church knows I'm not willing to be a part. I can't control what an individual church does. But if we're going to plant a church and I'm going to be on the advisory committee, I'm not going to try to hire a man that is divorced. Not because he's no longer a Christian, got nothing to do with it. The scripture is very clear about a senior pastor. So with that said, that we, we got to get through that. We got to figure out where do we stand on that. And, and if the association says, Brother Ben, we don't believe we should trip up on that no more, then I'm going to tell them, okay, don't put me on the advisory committee anymore. Because if, if I have to stamp my approval to it, I'm going to vote no on that. And so we will, if you will, get more done once I know that that's a non-negotiable that they're not going to trip up on, on no more type thing. Um, obviously, I don't think the King James only is something worth tripping up over. But we got to talk that out with the guys that do and such of that nature. That's number five. Comments? Someone texted in, um, some pastors essentially don't see problems until someone from outside their church might help bring it up. That was a comment. Sentence. Sure, sure. Well, well absolutely, and, and that's what this is about. This is for us to come together. And, cause, and that's the thing, guys. I, I'm, it's not my intention to uh, sit there and lecture these guys. My intention is to throw it out and, let, and let, let's talk about it. Conflict resolution, I told you about that one. Number seven, association focus. Ho hopefully, at this point, we've, we've gotten a lot of healing done. Uh, and, and so, it, at number seven, we're going to hopefully get to, okay, so where to from here? You know, number eight is uh, State versus Merrimack. There were some issues 50 years ago. I just want to talk about that and hopefully lie that to bed. Uh, number nine, reaching out to those not here, uh, the 99 uh, or the one. Uh, let's identify those that are not here and then divvy up those and go after them. And I'm talking about the pastors of the churches. Uh, number 10, a possible strategy, strategy to reach Missouri. I've got a few that I'm going to throw out to them, but I'm going to be asking them for possible strategies uh, to start planting churches. And then lastly, uh, have a 100-day strategy as to how to move forward from here. Comments? I wouldn't say a thing if my life depended upon it. <laughs> Come on. Amen. We need it. We need it. We yep. do. We need to pray for you, for sure. Uh, That's please. a task. Please, please, please. And, and here, as far as the, the comment on having someone from the outside, uh, it's taken me 19 years to get them to do this. You know, uh, that might be a good idea later down the road and maybe, uh, you know, but I, and I, I have to trust the Holy Spirit. I, I have to trust that, that the Holy Spirit knows what he's doing. And, and, and I have felt led to do this for 19 years. And so I'm simply trying to follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit. If I called those guys and said, uh, we're going to bring in a consultant, they would say, have a nice time. Because... We tried that. We tried that about uh, 10 years ago. We tried to bring a guy in, and it, it was ugly. It really was. So I'm hoping and praying that this will be a first step, that if that is needed later down the line, then, then that can happen. Very good. 
All right, that's all we have for tonight. Next week, um, we have another night of regular services. It's crazy sock night. If you have a kid that you're bringing <laughs> to Iwana, and that's all. Have an awesome week. Thanks, Amen. Everybody. Thanks, guys.